You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Welcome to another edition of the Angels Recap Podcast. Hello, everybody. Can you believe the Angels already playing their final road trip of the season? Crazy that that is going on right now, but we got to get you all ready to go for this final homestand that is coming up at the beginning of this next week. It's going to be lots of fun here at Angel Stadium. Look, I know what the Halos mathematically eliminated, and there's not going to be a postseason here in 2018. There's still a lot of excitement, I think, around this organization about what is to come. I think there's a good conversation for why Shohei Otani can be the American League Rookie of the Year, why Mike Trout deserves a gold glove. We're going to break down those numbers for you in a bit. And really, in the past couple of days, we have seen Mike Trout make that push for MVP as well. I know that I said on the air, uh, even this past week, it didn't look like he was going to have much of a chance. Well, that's because the Red Sox were winning the games that they were winning, and Mookie Betts' war was what it was. And we see J.D. Martinez, you know, make a push for the Triple Crown. I mean, he's knocking on the door of that. But Mike Trout has taken the level uh, up a notch here in the last couple of weeks, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out by the end of the season. That is a discussion for another day and talking about Mike Trout's MVP case, but we will make the Otani Rookie of the Year case here on this podcast. And actually, I'm a believer that Mike Trout should be getting a gold glove here as well. I'll explain why coming up in a bit. we got a great show here on the podcast coming up for you. We talked with Matt Shoemaker this past week as he made his first start at Angel Stadium in like a season and a half on this past homestand. Before he towed the rubber here at the Big A, we talked with Matt Shoemaker about what that's going to be like. We caught up with Parker Bridwell, who hadn't pitched since April. And when he did pitch, pitched very well here at Angel Stadium. So for him to miss all that time with an injury, I know 2018 has been a frustrating season for him after so much success in 2017. So I'm excited uh, for that interview for you as well. Also, we talked to Brandon Marsh, the Angels' number two overall prospect in the organization, finished the year in high A. I'm telling you, Brandon Marsh is a guy that uh, I think is very, very highly touted for a reason. This dude's a stud and I'm excited uh, for that conversation. Had a chance to go out to Inland Empire and chat with Brandon Marsh. So I tell you what, there is one guy that is emerging as a legitimate star uh, in this bullpen for the Angels and that is Ty Buttry. Remember the Angels got 
not tie Butchery in that deal when Ian Kinsler was sent to the Red Sox. Butchery and Williams Harris came back in return, and Butchery has basically become the Angels' closer. That is who Mike Sosia is using at the end of games. Even on Tuesday last week against the Texas Rangers, the Angels took a combined no-hitter on a bullpen day into the eighth inning. Blake Parker ends up giving up a couple of hits there, and Parker in some trouble. So Ty Butchery had to come in with two guys on in that eighth inning. Not only did he keep the Angels uh, in front and not giving up a lead there, that he didn't allow the Rangers to get on the board at all, then comes back out, gets the save afterwards in the ninth inning. And after that game, I talked with Ty down on the field. Ty, for you to come into that game of the eighth inning, after giving up the combined no-hitter, but Mike Parker did that, you come into a situation, runners at the corners. What's the mindset in that moment? Um... You know, obviously, just trying to not let them, you know, not let them score. I mean, I'm trying to go out there and, uh, you know, keep them at uh, third base and go out there and make my pitches and challenge them. You know, I'm not trying to do anything different. Just go out there and be aggressive. I know it hasn't been a long time for you here in the major leagues, but your time here has been outstanding. To be a part of a night like this, a combined two-hit shutout, uh, what was this experience like for you? Um, this is going to sound bad, but I really didn't even know it was a note hitter. Like, I just was kind of. You know, getting ready, getting you know loose, getting ready, and uh, they got that first base hit, and everyone started you know going like, oh man, and uh, you know it just it was it was really cool, but you know it, it didn't change the outcome of the game. I mean, we still uh, we still all of us battled and uh, went out there and you know made our pitches. This team continues to battle now. I know just a few weeks left in this season. What are some goals for you the rest of the way? Um, you know, just trying to finish the season strong. You know, being a rookie, being a new guy. You know, I'm trying to go out there and show the team and you know show everybody what I can do and uh you know it's an awesome opportunity the Angels have given me so I'm I'm very you know thrilled with uh with being out here and going out there and doing whatever role that Angels have for me. Congrats, Ty, and well done getting the save. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's one of the great parts about this time of year when new players can come in and make an impact, and Ty Buttrey, a heck of a start to his big league career. Talk about great starts to their major league careers. How about Francisco Arcia? I know when he first came up, he had those 10 RBI those first two days, and while he has not maintained that pace, nobody could. I mean, he is human after all. Francisco Arcia still has been hitting and producing at a very high level, especially at home. The Holman Road splits are night and day, and he really has had a lot of success here at Angel Stadium. Well, the very next night, the Angels ended up beating Texas 8-1 to in the rubber match. Francisco Arcia had three hits in that game, drove in four runs, and afterwards, I had to talk to him about it. Frankie, four RBI tonight. You hit a couple of home runs. You continue to rank here at Angel Stadium. What's been the difference for you at home this year? I feel like home. I like the... the the support the fans give it to us. You know, here it's like a family. Everybody, like fans, group of the staff, all players. And I feel amazing we get back to the 500 mark in the season. Um, we have to finish strong. As for you in those at-bats tonight where you continue to drive in runs, what's been your approach, or at least what was your approach in this game today at the point? Just be relaxed, not try to do too much. Um, I have to say thank you to my two hitting coach, Paul and Eddie Hensky. They work a lot with me. Um, they get me back where I, where I used to be. Another big performance out of Felix Pena as he now six straight outings. He's been outstanding. Tell me about your guys' game plan tonight and what you thought you executed well. You know, we try to be in the same page all, all game. He attack every hitter. He get in, he get in the head. That's a huge part of the game. Um, he make every pitch well. Good game tonight. Congratulations and well done. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. You can find me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports. Use the hashtag Angels Recap to be not just a part of this show, but our live show after each and every Angels home game as well on the home of Angels Baseball. Angels Radio AM830 KLAA. A lot going on at the Big A, by the way, coming up in this upcoming homestand, especially next weekend. It's going to be Oktoberfest on Friday the 28th. Then on the 29th, so much going on, including Japan. Hand Day at Angel Stadium. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be from 2 to 5 out in front of the hats, in front of the Big A. Shohei Otani is going to be there. There's going to be a lot of dancing, a lot of fun, cultural, celebratory things happening around uh, here at Angel Stadium, celebrating the Japanese culture, including free food tasting. Hopefully we get a chance to see you out there for that on what's going to be Fan Appreciation Day. Really, it's going to be Fan Appreciation Weekend with everything going on at Angel Stadium. Also, a Mike So bobblehead is going to be available on that game on Friday, September the 29th. As for this pass homestand again, there was one really bright spot, I thought, and it came at the very end. And it was a brutal homestand for Cole Calhoun. Look, Cole Calhoun at one point was 4 for 44. He was 0 for 25 before he ended up hitting the game-winning solo homer in the seventh inning. Justin Upton hit a three-run shot, his fourth homer in the series earlier in that game, but it was Calhoun who came through with the game-winner. Not just a good win on the Sunday afternoon, but also salvaged the series since the Angels dropped the first three against the Seattle Mariners. And afterwards, I talked with Cole about that at-bat. Cole, the game-winning home run in the seventh inning uh, for this game this afternoon. Can you walk us through that at-bat and what you saw with the pitch that you drove? Uh, I mean, a guy that we face a lot. Um, no, he's got a good cutter. Um, just trying to get something. I got to a 3-2 count and trying to get something to, to really put in play. And um, got a pitch I could handle and put a pretty good swing on it. It was close to 50 at-bats since your last home run. I know that you had struggled at times in that stretch. Uh, did you feel that there was something that you wanted to change approach-wise in that at-bat? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think I've been hitting the ball on the ground on the pool side a little too much lately. And, um, you know, you're just trying to go up and compete, and uh, sometimes it doesn't go how you want. I mean, it's not like you're, you're trying to hit into the shift, but it just seems to happen that way sometimes. But uh, nice to get a pitch I can handle and, and uh, help the team win. A little different look, too. You shaved the facial hair, or am I just noticing now? I'm trying to find the hits. <laughs> All right, well, you got a big one here tonight. Cole, well done. Congrats on the win. Appreciate it. Yeah, Cole, cutting down on the scruff big time. Speaking of beards, maybe the best beard in that clubhouse belongs to Matt Shoemaker. And Shoe made his return at Angel Stadium on Friday, pitching for the first time at the Big A since June of 2017. He had made a couple of starts in his return from the disabled list. But both of those were on the road. And before he took on the Mariners on that Friday night, I had a chat with Matt Shoemaker about what this journey's been like. Dude, I I tell you what, it is so nice to get a chance to be able to talk with you, to be able to talk about you finally being out on a mound, getting a couple of starts under your belt. You probably were thinking at some point, I'm sure it had to have crossed your mind, right? Is this ever going to happen again with everything that you went through to just get back into pitching? Yeah, man, it's exciting. Like I said, to say the least, it's been... uh extremely frustrating first you know going through something thinking it's fixed everything and then it kind of just comes back and you know now you know knock on wood like hey we're all we're all good to go like i said just a frustrating time like you said just to be down not not playing not pitching you know not out there playing for your team the fans all that but it's just it's a beautiful thing when you get you know when you're ready when you're ready to go again and you get back out there yeah, what was it like for you when you're back on the mound in, in Texas making your first start back after not pitching since March? What what were the emotions of that day like for you? 
Oh, you just gotta. I mean, they said the adrenaline's through the roof, uh, which is which is great. But you gotta, you know, find a way to somehow keep that in somewhat of a check, you know. But uh, they said the excitement, the adrenaline was through the roof, and they're just so happy to be back out there on the mound. Well, then on top of that, you pitch really well, and then you back that up by getting in a win uh, or getting a win in Chicago. Uh, how would you describe you know the way that you feel like you're pitching right now? Uh, you know, overall, I mean, fairly well. Um, but I mean, just me, kind of my personality. I try to be never going to be perfect, but I try to be a perfectionist. Um, there's definitely things I want to keep improving on and always improve, but and keep getting better. Uh, but definitely some things I you know need to execute better, execute some better pitches in certain certain instances. Uh, but like I said, but overall, um, like like the direction I'm going. Man, I, I'm I'm curious about this, and with a lot of athletes, and you know, you being one of those guys that I, I know is like one of the hardest workers you'll find anywhere out there. But you see a lot of times, I, I think fans have a hard time realizing when you suffer an injury and you're trying to get back. Nobody sees that; they they just see that in, in the game logs that you pitched in a game in March and didn't pitch again until September. What happens in that time? Like when you find the, when you find the, the after yeah. getting the diagnosis, trying to get back. Like what happens in that time? Yeah, I mean you 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 get together with the do, with the doctors, the team docs, the surgeon, the, our training staff, our athletic trainers, um, and you put together some type of you know plan timeline of like, hey, in a week I can do this, in a week I can do this, in two weeks I can do this, um, and and often with us, I guess you say you know you can say as athletes. Um, a lot of times we need to be kind of held in check because we want to do more, more, more. Um, like you said, just because that's kind of our work ethic. We want to get out there as soon as we can, you know, and sometimes we need to, they need to pull the reins on us and be like, Hey, you need to slow down, you know, to let, let certain things heal. Um, but you know, really when, when you're down, when you're not able to play due to say an injury or something like that, uh, that's when, you know, you, you have to put in the most work uh, to get your body ready to get whatever ailment uh, back, you know, to get it back to being good. Uh, that's when you're putting in really the most work is to get back out on the field. Shoe, I'm kind of curious. By the way, we're talking with Matt Shoemaker on the phone with us right now uh, about your thoughts in, in the way the game has changed. So I know you know, being one of the older guys in the clubhouse, especially with, in September when it seems like there's all these young guys uh, coming up, how you've seen the game change just in the last, I don't know, you know, 2014 was like that big breakout season for you. Just the way that the game is different in, in that stretch. And how have you changed your approach when it comes to pitching? Have you changed that at all? Um, you maybe change little things here and there, and that's why, like I said, to, to keep getting better, you have to make adjustments. Everybody, the pitchers make adjustments, hitters make adjustments, um, and that kind of keeps you know keeps keeps each person improving. Uh, when you do that, you just you perform better. Um, but yeah, the game has definitely changed. Um, I just don't really maybe have time to get into all the little changes, but yeah, I mean, little things have definitely changed in the game. Um, but in regards to you know me going out there and pitching, or I'd say the majority of pitchers going out there and pitching. Like I said, you're making little adjustments here and there, but overall, you're going to still go out there and execute your game plan and the type of pitch you are. You know, I'm, I, I want to be aggressive and attack hitters. Um, so for the most part, I'm going out there and executing that as, as best to my ability. 
But even that is something that I think philosophically has changed with a lot of guys. Because, I mean, you get ahead 0-2. I mean, there's some guys that want to go, hey, let's go attack, let's go finish them off, as opposed to, hey, we'll try to get somebody to chase here. So when you're trying to balance mm-hmm. that, because guys do hit the ball, you know, you make one mistake 0-2, like the worst thing that can happen is, yeah, you give up a home run and it feels like the end of the world. But to have that mentality of, hey, I'm ahead 0-2 in the count, I'm going to go get this guy right now. Like, how would you describe like that approach that you have I know everyone likes to say you know that bulldog mentality that you have yeah. and I think you don't see a lot of that in baseball anymore yeah no yeah it's something like personally I just like to take pride in uh, but also I think yeah, I think it, it varies from picture to picture like you said if you're a guy who's 0-2 and you want to go right at the guy or if you're a guy that's 0-2 and you want to go go for the strikeout or depending on situations you know if you're 0-2 and a double play ball can be more beneficial than a strikeout yeah. potentially obviously double plays are great um, that's why I think, you know, philosophically, I guess guys maybe don't necessarily change all that much. It's just kind of maybe their pitching style or personality or how they go about attacking hitters. Um, and I think that it's kind of just a, a generalization of like, hey, just every pitcher is different. So I think you're going to, you know, constantly see a range of, I guess, that attack mode. How much does it help to have this elite defense that you have behind you? Obviously, when you have Andleton Simmons as an anchor, but, I mean, just across the board, the 2018 Angels have been outstanding defensively. I think we kind of expected that, but uh, how much does that help you when you're on the mound knowing that's behind you? Yeah, like you said, you nailed it. And As a pitcher, knowing who's behind you and what they're capable of, it gives you that much more confidence to literally go and attack hitters, go right at hitters and attack them. Um, I mean, that's the best way to sum it up. Like I said, yeah, hit, hit the ball on the ground to Simmons. Hit the ball. Um, obviously, you want to keep it in the ballpark, but if you hit it in the air, you know, you got you know, our outfield. Like, obviously, Trotty Calhoun, all those guys. Um, yeah, go catch it because they're going to catch most of them, you know. We got Matt Shoemaker on with us right now here on AM830. Uh, I want to talk about last night's game for a second because I know that that was a lot of fun seeing eight different pitchers go out there in a staff day and, and get a, a two-hit shutout of the Rangers. And as fun as that was, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. There is a catcher in Joe Hudson that is catching his first career major league start. How difficult do you think that is as a catcher to try to deal with so many different pitchers there and uh, be able to, to maintain so well and to do that in their first career start? To me, I was really impressed by that. I, I, like you said, that's uh, impressive is the best way to put that. Um, like you said, first career catching start, first career start, first career you know catching you know catching a full game, and like you said, to go out there and and have to pretty much use a, see a reliever every inning or a pitcher every inning. Um, and to go out there and, and do that in the way he did and and take take control of situations, like you said, where he's like, hey, I got this this pitcher throws this type of stuff, this pitcher throws this type of stuff, um, and and he went out there and he and he and he did it did it great, did, did an absolutely great job. Uh, like you said, that, that's got to be so tough in itself to be like, hey, I'm going to face, I'm going to see eight pitchers in my first big league catching, you know, start. Um, that's impressive to say the least. What's the dynamic like? With a catcher, when you're game planning, getting set for an opponent. Yeah, it's like I said, and that's why I think the pitcher catcher relationship is so important because you build that relationship and that you know they like said the dynamic is like hey you you build that relationship you that the, 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 excuse me the dynamic grows in the sense of like hey they know what you want to do before you even do it sometimes or you know you're going to throw this pitch in this location and you're going to shake to it if you need to but the catcher puts it down first first time because they know 
because you guys have that rapport to to get to that you know what i mean to in this situation yeah. this is what we're going to do and like i said you build that relationship and that's what makes it so important is then the game flows better you work better together um it's a beautiful thing for sure I know there have been a lot of guys uh, over the course of this season that have played at the major league level here with this Angels team because of the number of injuries, especially on the pitching side. And, and But now in September, especially, even more so. You were just at Class A Inland Empire, had a chance to see some of the young guys there. How much of a leadership role do you take on um, when you're trying to you know, help these young players find their spot at the major leagues? Yeah, you know, I, I, I told the guys, like, hey, listen, I'm an open book. Like, if you got any questions for me, like, and I know I'm here, I'm, I'm pitching today, but, like, it, it, it's a time, hopefully, you know, they could get something out of it as, as well as me. You know what I mean? Um, so it kind of is one of those things where, like, hey, I know a lot of most guys, especially younger guys, are usually a little shy. I mean, I was the same way when I was, you know, at one of those levels and you see a big leaguer and just, I guess, the way it is. Um, but I was like, hey, like, just try to be open. Be like, hey, you guys got any questions for me? Like, shoot. Uh, because you're going to, you know, Help us all get better. Talk with Matt Shoemaker right now. Shoe, I know you're busy. we got to let you go here in a second. But uh, before we do that, final couple of starts here in September as you try to you know, end on a really positive note here in 2018, which I know was a difficult year for you. What are your goals here the rest of the way in the course of this season? Yeah, I mean, really, I just think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there. I'm going to execute and pitch well. I'm gonna, depending, obviously, you know, don't know how many pitches I'd maybe be able to throw or not, uh, but – for as long as I'm able to be out there, I'm going to go out there, like I said, and execute pitches, pitch well, uh, give my team a chance to win. That's kind of really my only focus. Obviously, you always want to be healthy, um, so you do everything you can in that in that category. Uh, but in regards to pitching, like I said, just go out there, just stay aggressive, execute, um, and just keep getting better. Hey, Shu, thank you so much for joining us, man. Seriously, thank you, and uh, good luck. I think we'll see you tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to that. So take care, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, indeed, that was tape before Matt Shoemaker start. Another interview that we did before Parker Bridwell made his return to Angel Stadium as we had to talk with Parker because for him, 2018 has been a very tough season. I mean, this is a guy that won 10 games the year before when he was a rookie. Angels got him in April of 2017 from the Baltimore Orioles. The Halos were 17 and 3 in the 20 games that he started and I talked with Parker about what this past year has been like for him. After all the success of last year, I know you had some high hopes coming into this season, that big competition coming out of spring training, everyone trying to vie for spots in the rotation and I know things uh, didn't exactly go your way and then you had to deal with that injury. Like how would you describe what this year has been like for you? Uh, I'd say it's, it's been it's been a year where I've had to you know persevere through some stuff that I had never been through. You know, um, not not talking about the competition in spring training. You know, that's just the nature of the game. I, I'm used to that. I love that. But um, in terms of the, you know the injury and the, and the surgery and you know just just the reoccurring thing before we found out what it what it actually was. You know, just kind of it was really frustrating for me. But you know, you got to do what you got to do to get past it and. and you know, after the operation, once they told me my timeline, you know, I, I figured I had a chance to get back this season. So um, once I got back to Arizona and started my rehab, I, I was uh, going to do any, anything and everything I could to get back. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be here and, and thankful for another opportunity. 
Parker, take me back to April for a second because, I mean, we're trying to follow this from afar, and there wasn't a, to- a whole lot of information out there. We know you had the one rough outing here, and, and then you uh, get sent to AAA, and I was following some of the numbers, and I could just tell something wasn't quite right. What was that like for you, and when did you kind of have an idea something might be wrong? Um, well, you know, it, it was one of those things where I, I didn't really want to think that it was, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to blame my, my poor pitching, if you will, on, on an injury, which, you know, my, my arm really wasn't in any pain or, you know, much pain at all. I just woke up after my bullpen one day and it was, it was swollen. And so I knew something was wrong, you know, and I had to get it checked out just because I lost range of motion in my arm. So, uh, you know, I ended up getting it checked out and, that's what we found out. So, you know, just that once once we found out, it was just the road back. What happens when you get news like that? Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on, you know, what type of person you are. Me, I'm a really optimistic guy, and I believe that you can get through anything if you believe you can. So, um, you know, it was just another it was just another bump in the road and, and something I had to get over and, and learn how to, you know, persevere through during the course of the season and, you know, kind of keep, keep my wits about me and, and uh just kind of stay on track for what my main goal was, which was returning this season. We're talking with Angels pitcher Parker Bridwell right now. Parker, you had so much success last year. I know that you were one of the, the big stories of the 2017 season and the Angels' success when you were on the mound, what, 17-3 and three the Angels were when you were starting games. How much did the success from a year ago help you confidence-wise uh, this year to be able to make a return? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's always good to – to know that you can compete at the highest level, you know, and, and to have that year that, you know, that I had last year, which is over, I can't, I can't go back and, you know, redo anything or anything like that. So I try and not look back on it as much as I can, but, you know, you take what you can from that year as, as a rookie and, and learn. And, you know, unfortunately I had the setback that I had this year, which kind of set me back on, you know, trying to kind of keep that year going for me. So, uh, you know, I, I just had, like I said, I had to kind of learn how to get through it and, and, you know, deal with what I had to deal with, and, and here I am. So, Well, again, uh, like I said, we're glad that you're here. Talking with Parker Bridwell right now. Uh, Parker, where are you at, like, stuff-wise right now? I mean, if there's a chance that we see you in this game tonight, I mean, what, what can we expect to see from the 2018 version of Parker Bridwell? Uh, you can, I mean, just I'm, I'm a healthy Parker Bridwell, so, uh, you know, what, what you can expect is, you know, what you saw last year, more or less, is going up the strike zone. So trying to give my team the best chance to win. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and do as best I can. So, We talked with Matt Shoemaker yesterday about the struggle when you're dealing with injuries. And, and for him, it was trying to figure out what was wrong for such a long time and, and try to battle back. Can you take me through the process of when you are finally ready to pitch and uh, trying to get yourself ready to compete uh, in any game, let alone a major league game? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's – one of those things that you, you kind of go back to, you know, the, the basic plan, you know, is, is all the stuff you did in the minors, it's, it's a routine, you know, and you kind of you try and tell yourself not to get worked up or nervous, but, you know, the, the, the nerves are always going to be there. You know, if they're not there, then I, to me, I, I think that means that I don't, you know, have a passion for the game if I'm not, you know, getting, getting a little nervous and excited before I go in. But, yeah, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things you got to kind of take a step back and slow your thoughts down and, and everything at that and you know kind of keep your your wits about you like i said and and stay within your game you know 
Parker, I think one of the cool things about you and when we've had a chance to see you pitch is, I mean, you're somebody from a small town in Hereford, Texas, that uh, comes out playing in in the second biggest media market in the country here uh, that is Los Angeles and playing for this Angels team. Um, How has the family reaction been? uh, Or are people from Hereford over the last uh, couple of years now seeing you pitch at this level? Uh, It's been awesome. You know, the the support I get from from back home is is something you know, it's, it's something I, I don't think I'd get from anywhere else. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be from a town like that and to have all those people like I do on my side is, is amazing. And, you know, to see everything that they say, you know, after games and, and tweets and Facebook, you know, all that stuff, and it's really humbling, you know. It, it makes you really remember where you're from and, and kind of stay rooted, and, and which, you know, I was brought up to never forget that. And uh, But it's been awesome out here, you know. It, it is L.A. It's a lot different than Hartford, but – um, you know, you got to – I wanted – this was a dream of mine, and uh, what, I wouldn't rewrite it any other way. I, I kind of am curious about, like, what Hereford's like and maybe for you to always have the, the passion and the – you know, obviously you had the talent to pitch at the major league level. Um, I, I kind of want to know what it's like when you're, you know, playing in high school ball or maybe even before that having dreams of going to the major leagues coming from a place where not a whole lot of guys have, have made it out, especially at, at this kind of level. Yeah, no, it it is it's crazy. You know, when I was a kid, I never thought somebody would want to come to Hereford, Texas, and see, you know, somebody, you know, a kid from Hereford pitch or, or play any kind of sport at that. But you know, if if you really wanted to do that, then you put your mind to it, and it's possible. You know, they'll find you. That's that's one of the main reasons I go back home. I, I always want to, you know, let kids know from back there that had the thoughts that I had that, you know, that's that shouldn't be a thought at all because you know, you if you're good enough or you want to do it, you can. You can do whatever you want, no matter where you're from. So it's just cool that I can go, you know, take that back to the small town of Hereford and, and let kids know that. We're talking about Parker Bridwell, Angels pitcher right now. Parker, um, now that you are back in this big league clubhouse and being around these guys, you probably see uh, there's a lot of rookies here and a lot of guys that are kind of in this younger group that are trying to make their way through the major league level. Is there anybody that you've kind of connected with that uh, you've been able to spend some time with to kind of go through this journey together in? Uh, yeah, you know, when I got when I got traded over here last year, uh, I went, I went right to Double A Mobile, you know, and, and Jake Joel and, and Justin Anderson were both there, and we all have the same agent, and you know, so we're we're pretty close. You know, we go to dinner sometimes when we're not at the field, obviously, and and you know, it's just kind of cool to have that little family outside of the field, you know, in your agency and stuff like that, and to be on the same team. But you know, everybody in this clubhouse is is you know a stand up person. You know, it's it's awesome. I can't I can't say enough about them it's honestly the best clubhouse i've ever been in parker when you do make it back onto a big league mound have you thought about uh, what that moment's going to be like for you in the sense of when you're dealing with your injury i'm sure uh, it might have crossed your mind at some point hey it might take a lot for me to get back what do you think it's going to be like yeah uh you know i'm just I'm, like i said earlier i'm just going to try and take a step back my thoughts are going to be going but uh you know it's just one of those things where you've done it before and and you just got to use the, the tools that you've you've learned over the course of your life that that you know how to do, you know, and and uh, let everything else, you know, fall into place on itself. You know? Don't do too much, and like I said, slow your thoughts down, and hopefully fill, fill strike zone up, get out.
Parker, I love it. It's good having you. Glad you're back and looking forward to seeing you, whether it be tonight, tomorrow, whenever it is. Uh, excited to see uh, Parker Bridwell out on the mound for the Angels, and thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it, Trent. Thanks for having me. Parker got a chance to pitch with a great defense behind him as well. I think that's an important thing. And obviously, Andleton Simmons is proving why he is still the best defensive player in the game of baseball. But how about the gold glove case for Mike Trout, who had not one but two outfield assists this week, including this on Saturday night? And he lifts this one in the air to Trout in center. He's backpedaling. He'll make the catch. The runner is going to tag. Trout's throw to third and getting to third base. And then bouncing off the bag and out is Healy. So Mike Trout, who is currently the leader in defensive runs saved among American League center fielders, did that tonight. His defensive run save number is now at seven. By the way, the next center fielder, uh, is at two in that stat. Mike Trout now with six outfield assists, two this week, and that was a play. He gets credit for an outfield assist there, but uh, also you got to give credit to Caleb Cower for keeping the glove on there uh, with Healy trying to tag in advance because ultimately that was uh, a play where uh, Healy beat it out. He should have been safe, but wasn't uh, because Caleb Cowart was able to keep that tag on. So I thought that was uh, a, a great play, a great team play right there. You know, Mike Trout once again proving why he is a gold glover here in 2018. I know that's like, like the one last piece of hardware as far as individual awards that Mike Trout needs that he hasn't gotten yet. This guy, I mean, the numbers show Mike Trout is a gold glover. I'm not just saying this because we watch him out here. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, it's September 15th and Mike Trout has not committed an error. Okay? Like, that's just that's just one thing. And he's now climbing the list in terms of assists. The leader is at nine. Trout's now at six. He began the week at four. I mean, that guy is getting scary close to leading all of the major defensive categories for American League center fielders right there at the top. Trout's been awesome. And, of course, we know about his bat, but it's what he's done with his glove and with his arm as well. And he he is somebody that recognized last year he was not where he needed to be or at least not where he wanted to be as far as his defensive play, committed himself to getting better defensively this offseason, and uh, it's coming to fruition now. And it's been all, we've seen it all season long. I mean, there were times last year, honestly, like, April. Uh, I was looking at this like in August of last year, a little bit of September. I'm kind of I'm watching Trout going. You know what? He can take better routes. You know there there are there are times when you know Trout could have been more efficient out there on the field. Trout set up a little bit deeper now, especially early in the season. It was really jarring playing way back close to the wall because Trout's been really good at plays that are in front of him. He's he's gotten the balls in front of him. And we haven't seen all that many, like, we haven't seen the spectacular grab with Trout going back towards the wall to go take away a home run. I know he's taken away home runs this year. We haven't seen that, you know, monster highlight grab that's like a signature play, like that one catch he had in Baltimore back when uh, his MVP season. So we haven't necessarily seen that, but part of that too is because of where Trout is lining up, and he is doing a good job at you know plays that are in front of him and at getting to those. He's got such great speed. Um, that's uh, it's fun to watch what Mike Trout does, not just with his bat, but this year uh, with his glove as well. And you know the the statistics back it up, and it's not just the eye test. I don't think you necessarily need all the defensive metrics to know that Mike Trout is playing a gold glove caliber center field, uh, but it doesn't hurt that uh, the Angels uh, can also say, hey, 
when we're making our case for our guy, we'll tell you. He's got the metrics to back it up, too. And oh, by the way, in case you thought it was just me saying this, just ask Mike Sosha what he thinks about Mike Trout defensively. Gold glove, no doubt. He's playing tremendous uh, center field. And while we're talking hardware, you know who we got to talk about? Showtime. I said on this show during the last homestand that Shohei Otani probably had a very ha, probably had a good chance to be the American League Rookie of the Year. I, I thought and Duhar, it was right there. Otani was kind of neck and neck in the last week, really in the last road trip. Shohei Otani really separated himself. And Andujar goes one for six tonight. Now he's batting uh, two ninety eight. Otani now at two ninety one. Now I just look at some of the numbers, and with what Otani has done, basically in half of the at bats, half the plate appearances, Otani's numbers are so so gosh darn similar. It's crazy what Shohei Otani has done, and that's not even including the pitching stuff. I'm going on hitting alone. Hitting alone, Shohei Otani is a very viable. American League Rookie of the Year candidate. And it's a two-man race based just on hitting. And then you put in, albeit a small sample size, the dominant pitching performances that Shohei Otani had this year. This went from 14 days ago being a tight race to today looking like it's starting to be a landslide. I mean, Shohei Otani, it seems like he's pulling away more and more every day. Just think about what he did tonight. I mean, he goes two for four, steals a bag, Scores a run, drives in another. I mean, Shohei Otani continues to impress every day out on the field. It's almost like since it's been announced that he was going to, you know, it was recommended that he was going to need surgery, ever since that announcement came down, Otani has been otherworldly. This guy's phenomenal. We are lucky that we get a chance to watch Shohei Otani. I'm excited to see the many years of Shohei Otani to come. It's going to be lots of fun. Hey, by the way, get your red on. Support your Angels during every home game in 2019 with Angel Season Seats. For more information, call 888-796-HALO or visit angels.com slash season seats to become a 2019 season seat holder. And while we're talking about the future, how about Brandon Marsh? He's the Angels' number two overall prospect in the system. Finished the season with Class A in the Empire. And by the way, if you ever get a chance to get out to San Manuel Stadium. It is an absolute blast. Can't thank the 66ers enough for having me out there for their final home game of the season. Was so much fun. Had a chance to talk with lots of the players. Had a chance to talk with everybody uh, that was hanging out in the press box and down on the field. I mean, it was it was such a wonderful time. Just a fun baseball atmosphere. Again, I highly recommend uh, if you get the opportunity to go to San Manuel Stadium out in San Bernardino to go see the 66ers, see the future of Angels baseball, see the future of Major League Baseball, uh, it's a great place to go hang out and enjoy a ball game. But while I was there, I had a chat with Brandon Marsh. And while I was talking to Brandon, I asked him just about what this first full year of pro ball has been like for him. Uh, on your body, it all takes a toll. That's what I've come to realize here this past month. But uh, no, it's 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 been fun. A lot more competition than last year, just playing half a season. But uh, uh got to play with two teams this year. It's it's been a lot of fun. A lot of I've been around a lot of good guys, played against a lot of good guys, and I wouldn't want it any other way. And being here, I, I, just in proximity, so close to Angel Stadium, and when there's rehab assignments, you know, big leaguers coming through here all the time. Uh, what kind of things do you learn, like when those guys come here for you know maybe minor league assignments or in rehab assignments, uh, just that you can pick up from guys that have made it to the show? 
Uh, they're the rehab guys from the from the big league club. Their mindset's a little different. Uh, they're more specific with their work ethic. Uh, they don't just come to the ballpark and with a with an open mind. They know what they're gonna do. Uh, so that's one big thing that I've come to realize with those guys. For maybe some Angels fans that, that are following you and, and, and seeing the stats and maybe saw you at some point uh, maybe last year and, and haven't had a chance to see you too much this year, what are some of the things that you've been like really trying to focus on in, in terms of where you're wanting to improve? Uh, my main, my main uh, work of improvement is at the plate right now. Um, I'm really trying to uh, just stay behind the ball. Uh, whether or not how I start or how I finish, I want to I wanna remain over the top and behind the ball. So that's one that's one thing I'm really trying to work on right now. We've seen a ton of talent come through here. You're here now. Joe Adele was here for 50 games. Uh, Jam Jones was here for a while. What's it like being a part of kind of this group of prospects that I think Angels fans are really excited about for the first time in a long time in this organization and kind of to, to be in the mix with that group? Uh, being around a, a good group of guys like those names that you just listed, uh, it's it's fun to compete against goes like, guys like them. Um, and those two guys you mentioned like they're great guys great teammates so uh i know they got my back i have theirs so just being able to be on the same diamond as them it's it's a blessing so uh watch them do their work and uh just being able to go to war with with guys like that that you know that they're working for the same thing as you uh it's it's fun and they also help us win a little more games, so it's 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 fun having guys like that that, that on our team. I mean, is it hard for you? Because I mean, look, I know record wise, you guys probably aren't where you want to be right now. But is it tough understanding? Hey, look, I'm doing all I can to get to the big leagues and and just try to get better every day. And sometimes even if the wins don't come, is that like a tough thing to have to deal with as a competitor? For me, it's it's tough because uh, I I want to win. Yeah, I would I, I'll go 0 for four with a win. Then go say have a few hits with and lose. So I mean, I want to walk off the field every day, beating the other team. Yeah. So I don't like I don't like uh, losing. Uh, I know growing as a player, uh, you're competing against the guys that are on the same field as you, uh, on, on the same team as you. Uh, that it's it's like bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So I would uh, personally, I would still prefer to win and have sure. guys around me do better than me. So I, I just, I, yeah. I, I just, I don't like losing, man. So that, that's all. That's all I can say. I absolutely love that kind of competitive fire. Seriously. So a year ago at this time, or a little over a year ago, actually. I talked to Taylor Ward, same kind of deal, and, and a, a former first-round pick, a guy that a lot of people are really excited about, and Taylor Ward. Now he's at the big league level. Mm-hmm. I just asked him, I said, when you were in single A, in class A Inland Empire just last year, how close to the big leagues did you feel? Did you feel like you were right there? And he, he goes, well, at the time, yeah, I felt like I was really close. He goes, but looking at it now, I, I've had a lot of work to do. What do you kind of expect the next year or two to be like for you and your progression? I got a, I got a long ways to go, personally. So um, on the at the plate, uh, I feel like in the in the field I can hold my own on the defensive side, but at the plate I have a long way to go. Kind of what Taylor was talking about. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm getting closer, yeah. but I know there's a long road ahead. So, and a lot of work that needs to be done, and I'm up for it. The guys that are I'm working with are up for it, and so I think it's it's gonna it's gonna pan out. It's all gonna be good. Brandon, I appreciate the time. Good luck to you. I'm excited to see you, and uh, looking forward for what's next, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. 
that is a dude right there that's got a serious future in this game. Want to thank Matt Shoemaker, Parker Bridwell, Francisco Arcia, Cole Calhoun, Ty Buttry, and of course Brandon Marsh, who just finished with, all for being a part of our podcast today. Hey, thanks to all of you for listening on Angels Radio AM830 KLAA, for participating using the hashtag Angels Recap, for finding me on Twitter, sending me messages at Trent Rush Sports. My name is Trent Rush. Again, we're on after every Angels home game. Just one more homestand left. It's going to be lots of fun. Let's finish strong and see how this Halo team uh, can set the tone heading into this offseason, an important offseason at that. They're going to break down a lot more coming up on the next podcast and also on this next homestand here to finish out the year. That's going to do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. Looking forward to catching up with you soon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.